calling all conscious achievers who are seeking more community and connection, I've got an invitation for you. Join me at this year's Summit of Greatness this September 7th through 9th in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio to unleash your true greatness. This is the one time a year that I gather the greatness community together in person for a powerful transformative weekend. People come from all over the world and you can expect to hear from inspiring speakers like Inky Johnson, Jaspreet Singh, Vanessa Van Edwards, Jen Sincero, and many more. You'll also be able to dance your heart out to live music, get your body moving with group workouts, and connect with others at our evening socials. So if you're ready to learn, heal, and grow alongside other incredible individuals in the greatness community, then you can learn more at lewishouse.com slash summit2023. Make sure to grab your ticket, invite your friends, and I'll see you there. You will not be able to make money just from massive achievement. Once you actually have practiced understanding that this moment is more important than anything you think you want, now you are abundance, not money. Because the highest thing we have, the number one asset we have is our... Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful. So let's go ahead and dive in. Do you understand how much more valuable you are than money? Mm. And, and how much more, remember, Buddhist monks, there's millionaire achievers that go to Buddhist monks all the time. The reverse never happens. <laughs> there's no Buddhist monks going, how do I get the link? I need to make millions. Yeah. 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 Why is that? Because the highest thing we have, the number one asset we have is our connection to ourself. This, and then most of us think it's, it's money. So we make that the highest vibration, but it's not. It's, inner peace. It's inner peace. Mm. It's this moment, and you have that available. And we over, you know, the best things in life are free is a very cliche sentence, but it's true. And that's true, but also we only pay attention to what we invest in financially. So we overlook meditating here, but if we could pay to meditate, we'd all of a sudden do it. So we have to understand that what is free for real will bring in everything else that you want. Yeah. I have a rule too with money that you might think is cool. This is a this is a thing that I want to offer people. If you're trying to figure out how to how to create a space for money, I, I offer people to think about how they think about money. Like think about how unconsciously you think about it. Like you're never enough, you're the root of all evil, whatever. Uh-huh. Now picture that you're money on a date with you. And if you're on a, on a date with a person who says you're never enough, you're the root of all evil, you'd never want to be there. Right? Well, money doesn't want to be in the vibration you of someone that's that person. judging it. Yeah, yeah. You reject right? that person, so yeah. you're rejecting money. Right. When you think that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, how else do we say, I'm going to use you to get someone to like me. I'm going to, this is how money is seen. So how could money show up if that's how you see it? Mm. Because you wouldn't stay with someone on a date that said you're never enough. You're the, you're the root of all evil. Right. It's like, okay. So... How would you like to be seen on a date? You'd like to be seen as I love you no matter what. No matter if you're small or big, if you're off or on, if you're feeling like I love you all the way. And if you can look at your debt 
or, or have $1 in the bank and go, I love you. Now you're creating a vibrational space mm. for it to show up because you're safe, because your focus isn't on money and how it needs to change. You're much better off because you're on how you're going to change. Wow. And when you start changing like we just did and looking at these things and not needing to overcome as much as loving it, now you're focused on the thing that actually creates the money. Remember, every mm. dollar you've ever made came from you. So don't get excited about money. Get excited about you. Mm. Right? Zing. Like, <laughs> if I went on a hike with you, we get lost in the woods. I round a corner, I'm not with you, and we find a waterfall. Uh-huh. I find it, you don't see it. I fill a cup up with water. And I come back and I say to you, dude, a cup of water. <laughs> what yeah. am I not showing you? Yeah. I'm showing you the small thing. Yeah, not the waterfall. Not where it came from. The source. The source of the water Mm -hmm. is the much more important thing. Mm -hmm. So none of us look at the source of where our money came from. Mm. We look at the money. So you're sitting here dwelling, not you, but people that we're dwelling on the cup of water. Yeah. Not us being the source of creating more. Every dollar you've ever made came from you. Get excited about you. Mm. Start the focus on what you are not what money will give you. And, I, you know, your energy is going to attract or repel more wealth. A lot of, you know, yes. a mentor of mine said, I was at a salsa club learning how to salsa dance, terrified out of my mind, and I saw a guy who was amazing, who was a public speaker. He actually got me into public speaking. And he said, the world makes room for passionate people. I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, Money is attracted to passionate people as well because people yes. are passionate about life. They bring an energy. They bring a richness, a fullness, a richness, and they attract riches. Yeah. You know, whether it be through uh, the community or the, the art they're creating or the business they're creating. Yes. And you're going to start to attract. Especially in this time because I know there's people watching this go, well, what do you say about all the greedy billionaires and blah, blah, blah. And what I say is that's the old consciousness. Yeah. That there, in fact, we see through it and it's starting to crumble. Mm-hmm. So... The old way of doing things selfish was a conscious shift because I believe in like the 50s, everyone was just like a factory worker working for, and then it was like this breakaway where an entrepreneurial boom happened. So taking your focus off of the old story and moving into what you are and and learning how your thinking changes things was the highest consciousness we understood at the Mm. time. So at that time, that created this old consciousness of your focus you know changes it so you think positive whatever and that created it and then we we keep going and take a good thing too far and then all of a sudden it's this billionaire thing you can feel the the most controlling mindsets crumbling you can feel the suicides from the people that have made lots of money but Mm -hmm. see that it's not the answer you can feel the people that are controlling other people all the control as the control fell in you during this interview as you said goodbye to the the old story and kind of loved it all control in the world is starting to fall Mm -hmm. and the old structures aren't working and what will work in the new century and the new future is the birth of this consciousness this consciousness following your heart you will not be able to make money just from massive achievement it Mm. won't work it, I'm telling you, it's going to be. Too, we see through it. The consciousness sees through it. It's too. It's it's too small. Mm-hmm. When there's going to be a major influx of Martin Luther King's, Mr. Rogers, Oprah's, yeah. Wayne uh-huh. Dyer's, there's it's coming. Yeah. Because we're so repressed that our hearts are going to springboard, like the Renaissance, and there's it's going true. to be. You know what I'm saying? That's true. 
You mentioned this uh, a couple of times, and it reminded me of uh, another mentor of mine, Chris Hawker. I was working as an intern for him for about six months when I was on my sister's couch, broke, no money. My dad had just gotten into an accident, a car accident that left him in a coma for three months, and he was kind of my safety net. Mm -hmm. He was my you know, financial stability, where he would support me financially on things. And he always said, you know, when you're done like living your dream and chasing your football career, whatever it is, you can always come work for me. Wow. He had an insurance company, life insurance. And I did the whole like insurance internship and did the testing and I almost failed three times on like getting my, uh, whatever it is, like the series something, whatever, the life insurance test that I had to pass so I could sell life insurance. I should have stopped after I failed the first time because I just knew it wasn't for me, but I did it so I could have this backup plan. Wow. And so when my dad got in his accident, uh, he had to sell his company to his partner because he was no longer able to work anymore. And I didn't have the financial stability like I, I had before. Mm -hmm. So I was sleeping on my sister's couch for a year and a half and I was working uh, as an intern for about six months with someone that I was learning a lot from. And I remember at one point being like, man, I just really want some money. I feel mm -hmm. like I've been working hard for a few years like I really could use some money. I'm not paying any rent money at my sister's. I feel like a loser because I can't contribute to her. Mm -hmm. I can't even get my own apartment. I'm just a loser. I was 24 at the time. I was like, man, I'm just a loser of a guy. And he said something to me that what well, you said. He said, money comes to you when you're ready for it. And I was mm -hmm. like, I feel really ready. You know, I could really use the money right now. And he goes, I didn't say desperate for it. <laughs> exactly. We didn't say that, but he was like, it's going to come to you when you're ready for it. And when it starts to come, it's gonna make sense. And I was like, gosh, I just want it though. I just want it right now. And it's funny because maybe a year later, it started to come. Mm -hmm. And then it started to really come pretty quickly, like six months to a year after that. And I remember reflecting a year and a half prior, I was like, man, I wasn't ready for this. Like if this would have came two years prior, I would have blown it. I yeah. would have been scared of it. I wouldn't have been prepared for it. Like, I would have been so freaked out by the numbers in my bank account, I would have sabotaged it probably. Yeah. And so I really exactly. feel like it comes to you when you are prepared and ready, and sometimes it's not when you want it to be. And and when people say, how do you get prepared and ready? Yes, that's the key. What, so how do you, yeah. how do you so, get prepared so and ready? So for me, meditation like gets me to understand that I'm the abundance, not mm. money. And the second you understand that you're the abundance, and I mean, and understand it in your nervous system. I mean, don't just hear that sentence while you're still dying for it in your body. Like really be in the alignment of understanding that yeah. I'm the abundance. Wayne Dyer said beautifully, you know, there's a thing that everyone thought you don't attract, that you attract what you want. And Wayne Dyer said, you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are, mm. what you're in vibration of. So if you want abundance, you need to get to a place where you understand your abundance and everything comes into your life the second you finally don't want it. It's not, not don't want it like avoiding, like you're, you don't need it. You're not desperate, yeah. The second you stop looking for it, you don't even remember you wanted it, that's because you have to access the fulfillment of the connection to yourself first. And then weirdly, it's going to create, first of all, so many creative things, but you're gonna just start, you're so, first of all, you're so aware that you see things differently. Like think of just the, just that when someone's in their head, they're, they're walking down the street on their phone worrying, you could pass a hundred dollar bill and not even see it, mm -hmm. right? But when you're not in your head, you suddenly start to see all these dots connecting and everything meaning something different. And you see every moment as meaningful. Like last night I was waiting to go into a restaurant 
one guy recognized me and said hi, and we created a friendship because he's also a musician. That's cool. And then this four-year-old girl comes in and just sees me and starts dancing in front of me and showing me her toys. And I just had that moment was so much cooler mm -hmm. than if I was looking through wondering, you know, what the, is going on in politics. And yeah. that was fulfilling, that moment. And because that's fulfilling and then on my way to the table, each step is fulfilling. Yeah. Now this is more fulfilling than anything I perceive could come to me to make me happy. Once you actually have practiced understanding that this moment is more important than anything you think you want, now you are abundance, not money. And once you're abundance, it's impossible for it to not come. You're going to start feeling safe to everybody. Yeah. They're going to want to hire you. You're going to get bizarre offers. They'll just say, can you help me through something? Can you create this thing? You'll get an alignment with your creative gifts more than your fix-it gifts to make money. You'll be in this higher thing. You'll be worth more. Better jobs will start asking you. You'll start mm -hmm. to actually feel heavy when million-dollar offers are coming in because you're like, even that I don't want. And then it just, every time I say no to something, even if it's a huge thing, the bigger thing comes up. It's yeah. like, life's like, how about this? How about this? And then the only question I ask is, does this expand me or contract me? Oh, yeah, that's good. Right? If it expands me, then I say yes. And I can feel that within two seconds. If I get to a pros and cons list, I'm already in contracting. Do you get what I'm saying? Wow. So a way that I always give an example is if, if, you, if you've ever had lunch, you ever have lunch plans with someone and then you hope that they cancel. Yeah. Okay, that's your highest saying cancel. Wow. But you're used to living a notch below it, so you wait for them to do it. So that's what I'm talking about is the highest, what expands me. So it expands, you know what expands me a lot is saying no to a lot of things. That's so powerful. Yeah. Saying no, like, God. It's one of the hardest things to, yeah. to learn how to do, but then it's one of the most freeing things when, you can, when you're in that space. Yeah. Because there's times where you might think my highest is to go out and get late or party, but it's actually like, really sometimes my highest is to go to bed early. Sometimes, yeah. really my highest, like, it's not our highest to do what we're doing. Is it your highest to go on Facebook a hundred times a day? No. No. But we still do it. So we live second highest and we miss out on the universe. Right? So my, so for me it expands me to be in alignment with the universe in that moment. <sighs> How important is developing skills and value? There's one thing of like being abundance and being acceptance and all these things, but there's another thing of like, okay, well, the person still doesn't have any skills that are valuable for mm. someone else to give them money. So, one, you know I, what I mean? Crazy answer here. Yeah. That's a belief that they need the skills. So, mm. let, me, let me explain that. So, let's first of all talk about value. Okay. Mm. Most value is perceived, right? Sure. And most people think value is what their worth is based on what's in the bank, right? You could say that person's got a net worth of yeah. 20 million, whatever. Cool. Yeah. That's nice. But if <laughs> what, but there's some people that could lose that money and remake it again in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, like Tina course. Turner, if her bank account got robbed tomorrow, could just go on tour and fill it again. Yeah. Right? Then there's some people who inherited it yeah. and, and won or won the lottery. And if that went away, they're still not valuable at that moment at least, right? Yeah. So what's the cause of value? Is it how much money you have? Or is it what's under it, right? And what you understand is under it. The factor of value is do you understand how valuable you are, right? So how do you understand how valuable you are? By creating the evidence of it, whether it's through leaps, whether it's so, so for me, when I started saying no to really tempting things, it would be really hard that oh, moment. No. Like it'd be really hard. I remember when I was like no dating for, six months and then like 
the Swedish bikini teams, like even us, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, no, that's a joke. I didn't right, get right, to right. turn down the switch. <laughs> but when you start saying no, it might be hell in that moment. But the next day you wake up and you're like, now even I'm someone that can say no to that. Like wow. now I'm elevating myself above that temptation. So if I'm someone who can say no to that, you feel the force mm. in that. So that's one thing. So there's a lot of skills I believe that we might need, but if they aren't your highest to do them, they're not a 10. And mm. if they're not a 10, that affects all of what you do. My friend Glenn Morshower says, if you pee in part of the pool, you pee in all the pool. So my company, my job in my company is to do this, is to go on stage, is to coach people, is to be the space, to co-write the book, to, to, to make yeah. the movie. I don't do the accounting, right? I have no idea how to do the accounting. Yeah. I don't give a about yeah. the accounting, right? <laughs> I don't do the wardrobe. I don't yeah. do any of that. But there are people who it is their 10 to do that. So I delegate that because if I did this thing that's a three energetically, then I'm going to average and bring that onto the stage. My mm -hmm. energy will be more depleted because I'm doing things in my life that are like that. Same thing, if you're out of alignment in whatever area, you're bringing that into all of it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So true. So, so, for, for, so, that's, so that's my answer to the skills thing because there's stuff that we're just natural at. And most of us disqualify what we're naturally good at because it hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. Right? They go, why would anyone want, oh, just stay right, with right, it. Right, right. Because that thing you have is new. That thing you have is calling to you. And it might not make sense now. But I, so many people I've worked with are like, well, one thing I'm passionate about is this. But I can't say, I'm like, stop the second part. The yeah, but's the old story. This thing you just said feels good to my body. Doesn't it feel? Well, mm. yeah, but no one will make money. No, you're using the past story. Literally what this is, what we are, what we are is the universe trying to change the planet through you. Mm. The universe is trying to change itself to a higher consciousness through you. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano, Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on animal welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked Vineyards of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a business 
busy day, and we just stocked our office fridge with International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, and it never misses. The team's favorite flavor so far is the Caramel Macchiato. You just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee, and voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee, no frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. The best part? It works on both hot and iced coffee. It comes in three foaming, delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. That's what's happening when we receive on a higher level. It's like higher level ideas come through. So when you when you meditate or whatever, you have an insight that's higher. That insight, you go, it, it's, it's, it's exciting, but you can't make sense. Of, it doesn't, you can't wrap your mind around it. Follow it. You're not supposed to wrap your mind around mm. it. One thing people say is I can't wrap my mind around it. You're not here to shove the infinite vastness of what you are into your teeny mind. Right. You're here to acclimate your mind to the vastness of what you are. Zing. That's the difference. You know, there's so many quotes that people say to insult people that live in their hearts. Like, this person went off the deep end. Mm -hmm. The implication is the shallow end is better. Mm. This person went over their head. Yeah, I'm using my whole body. Right. Right? I'm not staying in my head. Are you out of your mind? You better believe it. I'm in my heart. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. It's easier done than said. Mm -hmm. How about it's too big for your britches? Right. You're too big for your... How about we change pants and yeah. adjust to me versus me yeah. shoving myself in my old britches? What are we, in the 20s? <laughs> right? These old quotes that are... Every yeah. insulting quote, mm -hmm. if you just reverse it, it's so funny how dumb it looks. Mm. Oh, dude, you're out of your mind. You're right. You're in your head. Right? It's yeah. like you're thinking small. You better be out of your mind. I love to go over my head, so I have to use my body. Mm -hmm. Right? Because just my small mind can't grasp these concepts we're talking about. But my body knows it. Like if you listen to this, you have to be listening from your body. You cannot listen from the small story. That no, won't make sense. In fact, this is very offensive to the small story. Oh, yeah. Right? How dare he? <laughs> I'm in this limitation. And, I, and then, mm -hmm. and most of us, instead of fighting for our freedom, fight for our limitation. Gosh. They fight. Because that's a safe space, right? Yeah. It's safe, safer being limited. Totally. It, well, it's it's safe. It, ironically, it's not. It's actually the most dangerous right. place. But it seems safer. Yeah, but but we're it's more familiar. comfortable in that place. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what we call a safe space could be an abusive relationship. Oh it could be. It's just you're used to it. So because you didn't die, you go that's safety and mm -hmm. everything that I've never seen before. I don't know that I won't die, so my body's scared of it. But the truth is, usually what the body's got is way better. And it will change your consciousness from here to here. And then you'll get this new calling once you're here to here. What is your, your thoughts around the identity of money and the psychology of how, we, yeah. how it plays in our lives? Because a lot of people want to make more, they want to attract more, but they're just struggling with just the concept of it. Mm -hmm, yeah. Well, I think we've been programmed quite a bit uh, in, with our relationship with money. And we have a relationship with everything known in our environment. You have a relationship, a neurological network in your brain to, for your parents, for your cell phone, for your computer, where you live, where you've lived in the past, what you're going to do tomorrow. That for the most part, the brain is a reflection of everything that we know, right? So 
along with that is our relationship with money. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like I have a really good relationship with money because I work on having a really good relationship with everything in my life. Right? Did you always have a good relationship with money? I think so. I think yeah. so. I've never really lived in lack. That just wasn't part of it. Even when I went to college and I had to take out student loans and stuff, I always figured out a way to always be a little bit ahead of the curve. And so, so let's back up and just look at how people uh, form beliefs. Because yes. most beliefs um, are created from past experiences, right? So uh, children, uh, when they're uh, in their early ages, their brainwaves are very slow. Like their brainwaves are in alpha uh, when they're like 7 to 12. They're in theta when they're like uh, 2 to 6 years old. And, and they're in delta like when they're, when they're you know, newborn to 2 years old. And so... These brainwave states uh, are states that were really suggestible to information. So when we hear information, we believe it. And we accept it, we believe it, we surrender to it as if it's the truth without analyzing it because there's no analytical facilities yet. Right. The, the analytical mind starts around 12 or so, 7 to 12, and that analytical mind is actually what creates a barrier between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So, so before 12, roughly, what we see how we model our parents' behavior, it's what they say to us. It's all being programmed subconsciously, right? And, wow. and so, so that's really, really important because if you heard money is the root of all evil, uh, money is bad, uh, only certain people are allowed to make money. You have to work hard to make money. Mm -hmm. This is how you got to do it. And that becomes the foundation subconsciously. Like, that's like right, uh, recording an audio file. You just keep recording that audio file, it becomes a subconscious program, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people have a relationship with money based on either what they've been told or what they've experienced in their outer environment, right? So, so then we gain information from our environment and the stronger the emotion we feel from experiences in our lives, the more altered we feel inside of us, the more the brain freezes a frame and takes a picture. And that snapshot is called the memory. So, Based on an emotion. Based on an emotion. The emotion alters our internal state. So you're going along as Lewis feeling really good. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have this trauma, you have this crisis, you have this shock. And all of a sudden you have this dramatic change in your internal state and your senses get heightened. And then you freeze the frame and you associate this internal state with whatever it is that's causing it, right? And that's how we create long-term memories, right? So, are, are painful memories more uh, powerful or beautiful memories more powerful? Uh, they're both equal. Okay. And they're both equal. But, but the problem is I think most people experience from more the negative yes. emotions, right? And those are negative emotions really are derived from the hormones of stress, right? So the alarm system, the emergency system creates an arousal you know, inwardly. And that arousal is saying there's something dangerous in your outer environment, right? And it could be a person, a circumstance, a, mm -hmm. an accident or whatever. And that, that change in emotional state causes you to remember the event. You got to pay attention, right? You got to stay really and narrow your focus on the cause. So, so think about people who have relationships with money, right? From the past. All beliefs are based on past experiences. So you have an experience where you lose money, you have an experience where uh, money's taken away from you, you have an experience where you don't have enough, you're living in a place where there's not enough money or a family that's not enough money, then the emotion that most people are living by on a moment-to-moment -moment basis is lack. Like, I'm in lack of having something that I want, 
okay? Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because the experience changes your emotional state. You freeze the frame, you take a picture. The problem is that's hardware. So we think neurologically within the circuits of that past experience yes. and we feel chemically within the boundaries of that emotion, which would say, for example, be lack, right? So now the person what, what says- is, Before you go on to the next thing, what happens to the body and the mind when it is in an environment of lack? Mentally or physically, I'm in lack. What is, yeah. what is the body and the mind saying? Yeah, so the body is saying, I'm waiting for some external event to occur. I win the lottery, mm -hmm. I marry the right guy, whatever right, it is, right, right. that you're waiting for that event to occur, that experience produces an emotion. So the emotion then takes away the lack. And so when we play the game in three-dimensional reality, the creation game in three-dimensional <laughs> right. reality, um, we experience separation from everyone or everything because our, our senses fool us into the illusion, the hallucination of separation. I'm here and you're there. Mm -hmm. I'm here and the door is over there. So I'm aware that I'm here at one point of consciousness and the door is over there, another point of consciousness. Okay, so in order for me to get from here to the door, I gotta move my body and do something through space. I gotta do something and everything in this three-dimensional reality is gonna take time and energy. Yes, right? So, yes. okay, so then here's, here's Lewis right here. Mm -hmm. And then he says, okay, I want this experience in my future. And your brain automatically predicts and projects how far in the future you think it's going to take. Maybe it's a year, five years, 10 years. 30 years. Oh, my gosh. Right? Because that's what it's going to take to pay off that house, right? So now, one point of consciousness, I'm here. The other point of consciousness is where I'm placing my dream. So I'm in separate from that experience. So then how do I get to that experience? In three-dimensional reality, you gotta get up and you gotta do something. You gotta Every go to day, work, yeah. you gotta drive to work, it takes energy, you gotta fill your car with gas, you gotta eat food, you gotta work, you know, all this stuff. You gotta sleep, you gotta recover if there's stress. And now people are, in a sense, waiting for the experience that's 10 years down the road or 30 years down the road to happen to take away the lack of them not having it. And unfortunately, many times when the experience finally occurs, they can't enjoy it because mm -hmm. they're too exhausted, right? <laughs> right? So then, so you play the game, you, you, you go to school, you study really hard or you study on your own, you develop some skills, you make the right choices, you start saving money, you start learning from your mistakes. And then the game is how many things can you accumulate and that accumulation then you associate with being wealthy or being abundant or being successful, right? And some people get really good at it, right? Uh -huh. You can get really good at that. But for the most part though, when we create from three-dimensional reality, we're creating from lack and separation. In other words, you're driving down the road and you see someone driving a car that all of a sudden you realize that you don't have. The moment you become aware that that person has that car and you don't have it, you're in lack of having it, mm -hmm. right? So what the brain naturally does is it naturally creates you driving that car. And you have an image of yourself driving that car and you start identifying, wow, that would be a greater experience for me to have. The problem is the distance between the thought of what you want and the experience of actually happening, it, happening for most people is the concept called time. <laughs> right between cause and effect right uh -huh. so some people develop the ability to manage themselves and manage their life they develop certain skills and they can pay for it and they can get it very quickly the problem is 
when the novelty of that experience wears off, you know, the car, mm -hmm. and they're no longer identifying with that, and the and the feeling of emptiness and lack comes back. They need to find something else. They got to go and find something else. And so there's this game that goes on where you never have enough, right? And that's the lack game, right? So then, if you think about people uh, having the things they want in their life. When they create from lack and separation, it's the experience in three-dimensional reality that produces the emotion. And the emotion is saying, let's feel that experience this thing that you've been in lack and separation from. And that emotion then takes away the lack or separation. But you've worked really hard to get it. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Is there another way to do it? Yes. Okay. So the person who's living in lack is waiting for their wealth to feel abundant. They're waiting for their success to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for their healing to feel gratitude. They're waiting for their new relationship to feel love. They're waiting for their mystical experience to feel awe. That's the Newtonian model of reality of cause and effect. You know, waiting for that event to happen to take away this separation or lack. Nothing wrong with it. It's the way most people create. But what we've discovered is actually something else. The moment you feel gratitude, your healing begins. Mm. The moment you feel worthy and abundant, you're generating wealth. The moment you're empowered, you are moving towards your success. The moment you're in love with yourself and you're in love with life, you'll create an equal. The moment you are in awe of life, you're going to have a mystical experience. And so that's causing an effect, right? So then if you can teach people then how to create instead of from lack or separation, but create from wholeness and create from what we call the quantum field instead of three-dimensional reality. What's the difference? Okay, so the way you, first of all, it takes knowledge, okay? The quantum field is an invisible field of energy that exists beyond our senses. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you can't hear it, you can't feel it. It exists beyond our experience of three-dimensional reality. Would this be in the, our mind's consciousness or would this be in a different space? Okay, let's, let's, let's look at that. So the answer to the question is how much of your waking day do you put your attention on matter, mm -hmm. on the material world, and how much of your waking day are you aware of energy and frequency. For most people, they're unaware of the quantum field. And if you're unaware of it, it doesn't exist for you. Right. Just like you have a nose, but if you're unaware of it, it doesn't exist for you. The moment you become aware of it, it exists. Well, the quantum field, you can ask, you can study all kinds of science and they'll tell you there is this invisible field of frequency and energy that exists beyond the senses that tend to connect everything physical and material. In fact, everything physical and material is connected to this field, okay? So how do you get there, right? How do you get there? How do you get there? How do you get there? <laughs> so we discovered that when you take all of your attention off your body and you are not paying attention to your emotions, your drives, your habits, if you could take all of your attention off of every element in your environment, your cell phone, your tablet, your computer, uh, your, your car, your whatever it is, your bed, Take, away, take your attention away from everything, every place that you live, where you sleep, where you work, and you're not thinking about time. You're not thinking about your schedule, where you need to be, or what happened yesterday. You can relax into the present moment. 
there, there tends to be a dramatic change in the way the brain functions when people do this properly. We call it getting beyond yourself, but in a sense, you're dissociating from your three-dimensional mm -hmm. reality. Why? Because if you're thinking about anything in your three-dimensional reality, that's where your attention is and that's where your energy is, okay? So we kind of figured out this formula when people really become nobody, no one, no thing, nowhere, no time. We're pretty much all of a sudden outside the constraints of the Newtonian world of got to do something to get an outcome. And if you can teach people how to linger there without a name, without a face, without a profession, without a family, without a culture, without a past, without a disease, you teach them how to be in this place we call the unknown, right? And you teach them that from that place, that invisible field, is where everything material comes from. And if they could create coherence in their brain, you need a strong signal in the brain. The more coherent the brain, the more stronger the signal. What do you mean a strong signal? Okay, let's see how I could say this. <laughs> when most people, we look at, when we look at brains in real time and we're looking at people's, how their, how their mind is working. When you're under stress, okay, stress is created by not being able to predict something that's mm -hmm. gonna happen in your life. Uh, the perception that something's going to get worse or you can't control something, right? So when that occurs, we switch on that primitive nervous system called the fight-or-flight nervous system, and the brain goes into this very alarmed state called high beta. That means pay attention to the outer world. There's danger out there. So it's, but if it's not a predator and it's traffic or your coworker or your ex, right. this is where it gets to be a problem because <laughs> it becomes very maladaptive, right? Uh -huh. So when we're in that state and the brain is that, in that aroused state, we try to control and predict everything. So every person, every object, everything, every place, uh, every, even your body has a neurological network in your brain, right? So as the arousal happens, we start shifting our attention to all these elements. And like a lightning storm in the clouds, the brain starts firing very, very incoherently. And when the brain's incoherent, we're incoherent. It's so just not, that's not a strong signal. That's not, there's, it's a static on the wire. That's disconnection. There is mm -hmm. no signal. Right. So when we're in that state, we're always really looking for the worst case scenario of what's going to happen because mm -hmm. if you prepare for the worst, anything less happens, a better chance of survival, right? So, so in this kind of aroused state, as we shift our attention to each one of these elements that are known in our environment, the brain starts compartmentalizing and firing out of order. And, and, and that is what creates what's called autonomic dysregulation. That causes the brain and body to get really out of balance, right? So in that state, we're, we're over-focused. You know, when you're stressed, you're over-focused on something. You can't stop thinking about it. Our research shows that when you do that, you actually make your brain worse mm. because you're analyzing your problems within some disturbing emotion and that emotion is driving you further out of balance. You're actually knocking your brain and body out of balance by thought alone and you're driving it into these more aroused states, right? For someone that's been living like that for decades, that's their base mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. How do they even realize how to get out of that. They don't usually, it takes crisis, right? It takes right. trauma. Extreme breakdown. Yeah, breakdown. It a loss, a death, yeah. a, All of a that. breakup, a divorce, a near... Bankruptcy, whatever. whatever it is, a disease, a diagnosis, whatever. Something where you just can't go on business as usual. Now it's time to really start looking, they, right? They have to wake up then. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's get back to the concept of yes. abundance here because... You need a strong signal in this field. Right. So then... If you can teach people to do the exact opposite, go from 
putting all of their attention on everything physical and material in the world of separation, and instead of narrowing their focus on something material, ask them to broaden their focus and put it on nothing. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but when you put your attention on space and you divert your attention, the act of sensing without thinking actually starts to slow the brain waves down. Mm -hmm. Not only slow it down, but all of a sudden cause the brain to start re reintegrating, starts to synchronize, right? And so you see different compartments of the brain that were firing out of order start to mm -hmm. resonate. They start to communicate. They're, 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 they're all of a sudden synchronizing. And what sinks in the brain kind of links in the brain. Mm -hmm. So when a person has their whole entire brain firing in rhythm, that's a very strong signal that you can send out into the field. If so when you, that signal is strong in that position, what can you create from that space? Okay, so, but that's only one element. Okay. So then the clear intention tends to be a very important element that we have to have to get down. And the more coherent the brain, the more clear the signal for that intention. So with intention and attention, we could actually make thought more real than anything else. Now, what is that? Mm. You're saying, what would it be like to be wealthy? What would it be like to be abundant? What would it be like to have all my needs met? What would it be like to have more than I need? Mm -hmm. What would I do if I had everything I ever wanted? The answer always is the same. You start giving stuff away. Because if an abundant person is truly right. abundant, why would they hold on? They would say, There's, I'm not in lack. There's more for everybody, okay? Turns out, though, that the signal sent out isn't enough. You gotta have to draw the experience back to you. I've recently joined the world of home ownership. And one thing I've learned is that there's so much more freedom with what I can do with my home, but also so many more decisions to make. Figuring out where to start on big projects like a complete room makeover can be overwhelming. But with Crate and Barrel's free interior design service, a design pro can provide design and styling help for projects big or small. Whether you're redesigning your living room, choosing a new dining room table and chairs, or even just styling a bookshelf. Work one-on-one -on -one with a design pro who will work with existing furnishings and help you choose new ones. Get 2D layouts and even 3D renderings so you can actually see your space to help you decide. Did I mention it's free? Yes. Having fun exploring the possibilities of what you can redesign or have the design desk help. Go to CrateAndBarrel.com or your local store to make an appointment with the Crate and Barrel Design Desk. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
The carb fear is real these days, but why does it feel like the carb-heavy foods are what we tend to love the most? After years of wishing there was a better go-to option when the carb craving hits, I finally discovered Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. Now get this, Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and is high in fiber. They've got an option for every craving, including sliced bread loaves, tortillas, and buns. So you can still enjoy that soft, fluffy experience you love when having a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or delicious cheeseburger. Hero Bread also does small batch drops each month of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb Hero Croissant or the 1-gram net carb Hero Cheddar Biscuit. Now, Hero Bread looks, feels, and tastes just like any other bread you'd get at the grocery store, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Their white sliced bread is so good, and every time I make a sandwich with it, I can't believe something that tastes this good is actually adding extra protein to my meal. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code greatness at checkout. That's greatness at H-E-R-O dot C-O. So setting the signal out to, you know, coherent brain. financial freedom, Whatever abundance, that is. all these different right, things. Right, right, right. Whatever that is for you. Whatever so that is for you. Putting that out there with right. your signal that with the intention and the attention. Right. And then how do you draw okay. it to so, so, now, so, so in the physical world. Right. The in the physical world, world you got to go get it. <laughs> you got to do something. This is the plane of demonstration. You got to go get it. And when you, you're in lack until it occurs, right? Mm -hmm. so, but, but I'm hearing you say there's a way to not chase but attract. All right. So if you're creating from the field instead of from matter, right, there's a very strong possibility that you'll shorten the distance between the thought of what you want and the experience of having it. And when there's a vibrational match between your energy and that future that you want to experience, now if you're creating from the field, you actually don't go anywhere to get it. Mm. You actually draw it to you. Mm. So the, here comes the synchronicities, <laughs> the serendipities, the coincidences, yes. the opportunities, and they come out of nowhere. And you you say, I don't understand. I, I, I didn't do anything. Well, you changed your energy. And, and so then, the, the other element is a coherent heart, right? Mm -hmm. And the heart has a magnetic signature. And the magnetic signature is what draws reality to us, right? So you combine that clear intention with a coherent brain. Now here's the key. This takes practice. Yes. Because the person who's living in lack is usually unworthy is usually insecure, is usually in their past, they're usually frustrated, they're usually impatient, they're usually resentful because nothing's changing out there because it's taking too long. Well, that's, everything takes a lot of time when you do matter to matter, right? So then if you teach them, okay, we know all about that. We know the story behind yeah, that. We know what your, your parents past, told yeah. you about money, all that other, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But now let's do something that would be really cool. Let's, let's write down the feelings of how you would feel if that future happened and you're going to have to feel that feeling before it occurs. So now, okay, what does a, an abundant person feel? Pretty much free, a lot of free, freedom. Peace, peace, excited, joyful. Uh, uh, um, in love with life, mm -hmm. grateful to be alive, abundant. Okay, now let's practice mm -hmm. feeling those. Turns out when you're feeling those other emotions like resentment and impatience and frustration, you're stepping on the gas pedal, you're just turning on the sympathetic nervous system and you're stepping on the brake. 
at which the same is, time. At the same time, which is oh. you're angry, you're frustrated, but the fight or flight nervous system says run, fight, or hide, and you're sitting in a Zoom meeting and your neck is pulsating is because the heart is beating against the closed system, right? You're not, you're not using it in an adaptive way. So mm. the heart starts firing out of order. It starts firing incoherently. And incoherent waves cancel each other out. It's called destructive interference. And then we stop trusting our future. Energy leaves the heart. When you control from the inside, like we're in control of ourselves, we're in control of our world. So it doesn't matter what happens, you figure out how to get to where you're going. Um, the goals don't change. Sometimes the methods of getting there do. But uh, I have never, I think probably I had great teachers. I had a half a dozen phenomenal mentors. And I think I was raised the right way. You stay in control regardless, you know. Yeah. What would you say are some of the habits that you have that people wouldn't expect that you would have? Maybe they would expect certain things like waking up early or journaling or, you know, getting eight hours of sleep. But what are some habits that you do differently that maybe are unexpected in the personal growth space? I study every day, every day. Mm. Um, I've studied every day now for 60 years. I started to study this book in 1961. And I read it every day. Same book, Think and Grow Rich. I have uh, just here behind me, I've got the laws of success, the original ones that Napoleon Hill wrote in 1928. And then he came up with this in 1937. And the man that gave it to me, he said, if you'll study this every day, he said, you're going to have a wonderful life. And he pointed out Napoleon Hill spent his whole life studying the lives of 500 of the world's most successful people. He was mentored by Andrew Carnegie, who at the time was the wealthiest man in the world. And he said, since he spent his whole life putting this together, he said it would be a prudent move on your part if you spent the rest of your life trying to understand and apply what he was teaching. <laughs> and, right. you know, that just seemed to make some sense to me. And that's what I started to do. And I've never stopped. If there was only one principle inside of Think and Grow Rich that you could only live by and only talk about, and you wouldn't be able to talk about anything else inside the book, what would that one principle be? Persistence. He said there, he, he said in the book, he said there may be no heroic connotation to the word, but the quality is to the character of the human, like what carbon is to steel. See, I think the trick, Lewis, is Get some good habit patterns and live with them all of your life. Because you're either going to grow or you're going to die. It's, uh, it's create or disintegrate. There's no such thing as leveling out and staying where we are. And some people think they can just hold it where they're at, but they can't do that. You're either going to go ahead or you're going to go backwards. It's create or disintegrate. And so if you have good habits, you're going to keep growing. Way back, I think around 1938, 39, Albert E. N. Gray worked for the Prudential, and he wrote uh, The Common Denominator of Success. It's a great article. And he said, the common denominator of success is informing the habit of doing things that failures don't like to do. Mm. And he was speaking one time, a young guy said, why do successful people like doing these things? And he said, they don't. 
That's why they've turned him into habits. <laughs> you know? I thought that was beautiful. Because that's why they've turned them into habits. They don't like doing them. You see? And of course, a habit what, is, what do you think? Well, a habit is okay, something we do right. automatically without any conscious thought. We just, it's part of our paradigm. We're programmed. What do you think are the three most difficult habits to develop uh, that actual, actually will support us for the most growth long-term if we can take these habits on? One of the things I think the most difficult is repetition of studying the same thing. Mm. I have a, um, a book here on my desk. It's in a book holder. And... When I went to visit Earl Nightingale way back mm, 1968, six, no, it was earlier than that, it was around 66, and I saw he had this book stand on his desk, and I asked him what it was. He said it was a book holder. And I said, why do you have it? He says, because I want to read those two pages every day for the next month, maybe two months. I said, really? The same thing. And he said, yeah. He said, then they'll become a part of me. Mm. And he said, that's really the, the secret of success is the repetition of an idea. You see that in sports, you play ball. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely part of your game. You know, um, how, many, how many plays would you have in your head? Who? Um... Well, a lot of different plays, but in football, there's really only like nine different routes a receiver can run yeah. as part of the tree of, ru of running a route. But there's so many different variations within plays that that one receiver could run and then another person could run in tandem with that. Yeah. So you have to – there's a massive playbook that you go through at the beginning of the season, and you've got to remember a lot of different things. But if you typically know the route you need to run – and what other people are doing around you, then you can you can figure it out. But it's repetition that enables you to do that, isn't it? Over and over and over and well, over. You see, the same route over and over. That doesn't just apply to football. I think that applies to life. And if a person will really understand that, it's through repetition that you program your subjective mind. And it's your subjective mm -hmm. mind that controls your behavior. Doesn't make sense to some people, but... If they would study it and start to understand it, they would start to do it. What's the most important thing on those two pages that you have open in front of you? Most important thing here. Read it to you. The lesson to be learned from the practical aviation of the present day is that of triumph of principle over precedent, of working out of an idea to its logical conclusion in spite of the accumulated testimony of all past experiences to the contrary. With such a notable example before us, can we say that it is futile to inquire whether by the same method we may not unlock still more important secrets and gain some knowledge of the unseen causes which are the back of external and visible conditions, and then by bringing these unseen causes into a better order, make practical working reality of possibilities which at present seem but fantastic dreams. They're talking about the Wright brothers. He said there was a secret they got off the ground because nobody knew how to fly, and neither did they until after they got it in the air. But he pointed out that it was principle over precedent. 
And we let precedent control us too often. What's the difference between principle and precedent? Well, precedent, you're letting something that has happened in the past control you. The principle Mm. uh, is that there's always a better way. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Better is a beautiful word. What's something in your life that took a long time where you were holding on to the precedent of something for a while? Maybe it was months, maybe it was years, decades, that eventually the principle finally started to fly and you had a breakthrough. Is there an area of your life you can think of? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Just as soon as you said it, yeah. You see, (laughs) when I started in this, when I first got this book, um, I was such a loser. And I mean, in every, every way you look at it, I, um, I went to high school for two months. And I didn't quit. They kicked me out. They didn't want me there. Um, and I was kind of happy because I didn't like it there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I held dumb jobs. I never had a half-decent job. The idea that I could even get a good job never entered my mind. I had such low self-esteem. I didn't understand that at the time. I didn't even know what self-esteem was. And letting go of the fact that I didn't have a formal education, that I never had any business experience. The man that gave me the book, he said, none of that matters, Bob. That's the past. He said, let it go. Well, I had a difficult time letting that go because we're programmed that if you don't go to school, you can't get a good job. That if you're going to earn a lot of money, you've got to be really smart. Well, you see, I didn't think I was very smart, and I didn't have any formal education. That's a hard thing to let go of. Mm -hmm. But through the repetition of studying this over and over and over, and as he pointed out to me, Edison had grade three. And he pointed at different people that had no formal education. And I finally made a break, got it, left it behind. I'm not quite sure exactly when, but I let it go. Yeah. What would you say are some deciding factors that can help someone with their self-esteem? Because you and I are very similar where my childhood, I didn't, I didn't have much confidence in myself or mm-hmm. esteem because I was in the bottom of my class in school because I was, you know, had tutors and special needs classes because I just wasn't able to understand it and comprehend that well and mm-hmm. felt awkward and goofy in my life. What are some, some things you think people that in their teens or even in their forties and fifties who don't have confidence yet, what are the things that we can be doing differently to gain confidence, to build self-esteem? Because I think this is one of the key factors of success is believing in yourself. It doesn't matter if the world believes in you, if you don't believe in you. What can we start to do to change that? Well, I think a person has to start to study themselves. Most people know very little about themselves. They think they're their body. You're not a body. You have a body and you have a marvelous mind. And when I first started to study this, I thought, you know, Studying the mind, that's for psychiatrists, psychologists, behavioral scientists. And the man that told me, he said, no, it's not. He says, that's for anybody. That's for little kids. And so 
I think as we start to understand something about our mind and something about our higher faculties, see, we're, we're all programmed to live through our senses. We go by what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch. Well, I've got a little dog at home that can see, hear, smell, taste, touch. All the animals in the world, they're, they're completely at home in their environment. They blend in. They operate by instinct, which is perfect. Um, we had instinct removed, and we had higher faculties put in our place, in their place. And if we would study these and gain an understanding, your self-image would automatically start to improve. You have perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, and intuition. Those six faculties will give you the ability to create your own environment. See, we're totally disoriented in our environment where all the other little creatures are completely at home in theirs. And we're, we're disoriented in ours because we can create our own, but we don't know that. School doesn't teach us that. School is more interested in, in the development of your intellect than in the development of awareness. Mm. Like, um, a person doesn't earn $100,000 a year because they want 100 a year. They earn 100 a year because they're not aware of how to earn 100 a month. Awareness is really the key. And when we become aware of who we are and what we've got working for us, you know, marvelous things start to happen to us. And that's really what happened to me. I never went back to school. Um, I, um, I built a very successful company. It operates all over the world. Um, I didn't do it myself. I have a tremendous team of people. I've got a, just an absolute genius of a business partner, a, a woman who's an attorney. I mentioned to you before, you should have her on sometime. You, she, you, you'd be fascinated with her. She's that interesting. But it was a group of people. We've attracted a phenomenal group of people in our company. Mm -hmm. And we're operating now in 91 countries. Wow. Teaching this information. You know, it's, I don't know another company that teaches what we teach. Like I think um, Tony Robbins has probably done more for our industry than any individual. The Secret has probably done more for it as much as Tony has. Um, the movie. Um, but there's, I don't know anybody else teaching what we're teaching. And what we're really doing is teaching people how their mind functions and um, how to expand their understanding of how it operates. What are the six faculties again? You shared this before, which, yeah. I, which I love, and I think if people really understood this, perception, it help them build their self-image. There's perception, yep. the will, Mm -hmm. Imagination, memory, reason, and intuition. Which one is the hardest for people to? I don't think any of them are awareness. They're they're all equally valuable. Um, mm -hmm. You take your imagination. Think of this for a minute, Lewis. Nothing is created or destroyed. Look here. Here's a little cell phone. What you can do with this almost blows your mind when you think of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
when I was a kid, we didn't have a phone. We didn't have a phone because we didn't have any money for the first reason. But the second, um, not everybody could have a phone. Mm. We were not aware that there was an infinite number of frequencies. Today, there's, what, a zillion phones because there's an infinite number of frequencies. This phone is on its own frequency. Yours, it's on its own frequency. If I have your number in here and I hit send, you and I connect, we're on the same frequency. Won't matter where you are. We can see each other, we can communicate because we get on the same frequency. Well, the good that we desire is already here. It's on a frequency. The way to build this has always been here. We weren't aware of it. But somebody took their imagination and went off into no place. What they were really doing is going on to a higher frequency. And if you'll stay on that frequency, you'll attract everything that you require. That's why um, Dr. Warner von Braun, when President Kennedy asked him what it would take to build a rocket that would carry a man to the moon and then bring him back safely to Earth, von Braun said the will to do it. The will is the mental faculty that gives you the ability to hold one idea on the screen of your mind to the exclusion of all outside distractions. See, if you take your imagination, do it. You have goals, take your imagination, and then take yourself there, see yourself already have completed the goal. Mm -hmm. And then hold that picture with your will. When you go there with your imagination, there is a place. Whatever it is you want, you went there with your imagination, there is a place. You stay there in your imagination. You will attract everything that's required for the manifestation of that picture. You saw Brady doing it last Sunday. Guy's a machine. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. So holding the imagination, the picture that you want in your mind, uh-huh. and then attracting it on the steps to get there. Yeah. You see, we don't work toward the goal. We work from the goal. You get the goal mm. in your mind. Our problem is we measure everything on the physical. And yeah. you look at the physical and you say, well, I haven't got it yet. If you think your conscious mind If you get an image there of your goal, you've already got it intellectually. If you didn't have it, you couldn't share it with me. But if you have it, you can share it with me. You can share with me the idea that you've got in your mind. So you've already got it there, haven't you? Right. As you get emotionally involved with that idea, you've got it also on an emotional level. You've got it there. You've got it intellectually. You've got it emotionally. The only place you haven't got it is physically. Now, there's a period of time must elapse for that idea that you have intellectually and emotionally for that idea to move into physical form. We Hmm. understand. How much time? Pardon? How much time does it usually take? We don't know. We don't know. Hmm. That's the only thing we don't know is the gestation period for an idea. We know what the gestation period is for wheat. We know what it is for a carrot. We know what it is for a baby. Moment of conception is about 280 days. We didn't always know these things, but we do now. We don't know what the gestation period is 
for a spiritual seed. And that's what an idea is. But it grows by exactly the same law. And so if we hold that idea in our mind, it must by law manifest in form. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom. Crop out. Yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.